We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Hoosier Huddle Podcast. I'm Sammy Jacobs. Along with me is TJ Inman. Uh, the Hoosier Huddle Podcast is brought to you by Symbol. Uh, we have a new sponsor that you guys are going to love. Symbol is a stock market for sports that allows you to profit off your sports knowledge. On Symbol, you can trade sports teams like stocks, and every time your team wins, uh, you earn cash. Use your sports knowledge on Symbol to buy low, sell high, and earn cash payouts when your teams win. Join the 7,000-plus early adopters who have started to invest in their favorite um, favorite teams. Visit www.symbol.com to create a free account, and when you deposit, make sure you use the promo code uh, SD and your deposit will be risk free. Uh, that means even if you lose money, Symbol ref- will refund your initial deposit, no questions asked. Join Symbol and start a bet investing and profiting from your favorite teams, which will also sponsoring us is Spotify Green Room. It is a live audio only sports talk platform. You could talk to me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time. Get in on the conversation that you listen to here every day. Share your own experiences and takes on the app as well. Your chance to be featured on the uh, Hoosier Huddle podcast. Uh, download the Spotify Green Room app free in the iOS app store. Create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the group. Follow me at Hoosier underscore huddle. You'll be noted notified when my room goes live. Join me. We'll be going live on Spotify on um, prior to games on Saturdays. All right, TJ. Um, really tough loss for Indiana on Saturday. They, they fall 20 to 15 to Michigan State on homecoming in front of a great crowd. Uh, I underestimated the crowd that would be there. Uh, there are 50,000 on the announced attendance uh, last week. So excellent crowd. They were dying for something to cheer for as well. Uh, they were loud at times. Uh, but, man, just another disappointing offensive performance. The defense was outstanding. Uh, they give up 13 points. Uh Really, it could have been less. That second touchdown was also off an interception uh, that set Michigan State up with with great field position. It, it's getting really frustrating, and I know you've said you're you're about done with this offense. It's getting really frustrating watching this offense make the same mistakes over and over again. They did try some new things with Donovan McCulley, um, you know, with tunnel screens as well. Uh, Jack Tuttle started instead of Michael Penix, who was out with an injury, but it was still a, a, a pick six early in the game, changed the tenor of that game. IU was up three, nothing. 
they moved the ball well on their on their first drive, and um, if if you could add on points there, you you, you feel pretty good. Um, they did recover from it, took a nine seven lead into halftime. They just the the red zone offense for Indiana is atrocious, and it needs to be better. Uh, you know what what else do you have to add to to that, TJ? Uh, you know, Steve Spurrier, who is one of my favorites, uh, his there's a quote of his that always pops into my head. Uh, Washington, he had coached the Washington football team back when they were called by another name. Uh, he was asked right after the season to evaluate the team's record or to evaluate the team's season. I think they went like six and ten. And Steve Spurrier summed it up rather eloquently, not very good. And that's exactly how I think of this offense and this season in general, not very good. They're just not. The, the offense is the worst Indiana offense that I can remember in my fandom, which, again, we'll say dates back 25 years of actual consciousness following this team. I'm uh, much older than that, but 25 years. And I, it's the worst offense I can remember. Not the least talented by any stretch, but the worst actual offense in terms of the product that's on the field. Look at the numbers here that this IU defense held Michigan State's offense to and tell me how on earth they lose this game. 241 yards of total offense for Michigan State, an average of 3.9 yards per play, 12 penalties for 134 yards on the Spartans. They hold them to 2.9 yards of total net rushing or average yards per rush. Hold Kenneth Walker completely in check. He was a non-factor. Only 14 first downs for the Spartans. Two of those coming by penalty, six rushing, six passing first downs. And somehow, Indiana loses that game. And the somehow is IU's offense. As you said, they give Michigan State seven points. They give them good field position on another one that resulted in a, a field goal, I believe. Uh, I, I just I feel bad for the defense, particularly the defensive front, plus Micah McFadden and Cam Jones, who uh, played just fantastically. Both the linebackers were outstanding. Again, it has been a common theme all season. Those guys are complete studs. Cam Jones made a play uh, against a pass that I have a hard time believing very many linebackers in the country would have made that play. That's one that he's going to put on the NFL highlight tape for his draft stock because it was outstanding. He comes from across the field, perfectly times his leap, tips the ball just out of the wide receiver's reach, and it would have been a big play for Michigan State if not for that Kim Jones outstanding play. I just feel bad for the defense because the offense is completely wasting what has otherwise been a really good performance from that group almost every week out. And it, it's got to be so demoralizing for that, uh, for that bunch. But I think you heard Tom Allen be about as critical as he's ever going to be of his own team 
and his his staff here the past few days. In the post game, he said uh, the defense did everything they could have. We just needed them to score. That's a shot right there. And then today, he was very blunt in his assessment, or I'm sorry, on Monday's uh, media availability, uh, he was very blunt. And today's his, still uh, Monday, TJ, unfortunately. You don't know who's when people are listening to this, so today to them might be something else. But, you know, he'll, he'll probably reiterate it later on this week, too. He was very blunt in his assessment of the offense, saying that they are not have not been creative enough, have not executed well enough, turned the ball over too much, don't finish drives with touchdowns. I mean, we all know that. It's very obvious watching the games. But typically, Tom Allen has not been the least bit critical in public. I'm sure private is a much different story. But in public, he's not been critical of his staff or of the individuals uh, on the field for the Hoosiers. And, and he, he was uh, here in the post game and the aftermath of the Michigan State contest. I, I think it's to the point where everyone knows exactly what the issues are. I just don't think that the current group uh, coming up with the solutions have them. Um, Nick Sheridan and this IU staff had two weeks to prepare for Michigan State. And you're right, we saw a couple wrinkles, but just because you try a couple different things, I'm not going to hand out kudos for that. It didn't work. We still, Indiana has one offensive touchdown against the Big Ten opponent this year. One in 12 quarters. It was by quarters. The, the hair of your chinny-chin-chin, chin too. Yeah, I think Tom Allen's expression on the replays of that, uh, if you go back and watch it, I, I think he was kind of almost laughing at how difficult it was. And if you don't laugh, you cry, I guess, one of those things, you know, uh, how difficult it was for the offense to actually get the ball in the end zone. You just, you can't score one touchdown in 12 quarters and expect to accomplish anything of significance. And I'm not sure where they turn at this point uh, to find that because the running back personnel is limited due to a combination of injuries and transfers. The wide receiver group, I don't know. I mean, gosh, we keep seeing the same guys get run out there. We're not seeing any new faces get a shot. And the next contested catch that that group makes is going to be one of the first ones of the year. And then the quarterbacks, whether it's Penix or Tuttle, keep throwing the ball to the other team. And I'm not going to be real critical of Jack Tuttle. It's, you know, uh, he still has not played very much football, but I mean, Indiana threw the ball, pull up Tuttle here, 52 times, 52 attempts for 188 yards. I, I mean, you throw it 52 times and the longest completions, 22 yards. That's hard to fathom. That Somebody's is hard to Somebody sent me, yeah. Somebody sent me a stat today uh, that said this: Jack Tuttle was the third quarterback ever since um, 2000. The third FBS player since 2000 
to throw at least 52 passes for fewer than 190 yards. Uh, yeah, I believe it. I mean, let, let's just strip this down to its bare essentials. Who on this offense right now do you trust to make an explosive play through the air? Charles Campbell. Well, yeah. does that count? No, unfortunately, no. Oh. The ball explodes through the air. I'll count it because there's nobody else. That's true. Yeah, we, I guess we have to take what we can get, right? Yep. And right now, Charles Campbell is this team's best offensive weapon. That's a fact. And, you know, also, I mentioned the defense. We have to mention Campbell, too. He's having a great year as well. And it's, it's all for naught because the offense is not even coming close to holding up their end of the bargain. But you're right. There's no explosion on this team. For me, the answer to my own question was Peyton Hendershot. That's the only guy that I trust to make an explosive play. And his explosive play would come mainly from him getting the ball on a clever route and then making people miss or you know rumbling forward after that for something like 25 or 30 yards and I would gladly take that but he he doesn't get a chance by the way that long completion for Tuttle on uh, on Saturday the 22 yarder that was the hinder shot he had two other catches for a total of 10 yards yep uh, on a team struggling to find offense how do you not do everything possible to get somebody like him the ball how do you not do anything possible to get a potential difference maker in Donovan McCauley on the field? Two carries, two carries, and one pass attempt. And, and I, I, yeah. Well, it wasn't officially marked as a pass attempt yeah. since it was yeah. a backwards pass. Um, right. You know, statistically, yeah, statistically, you know, I, I'm looking at Indiana ranks 101st in touchdown percentage in the red zone um, at 50%. How are the My God. Well, there's about 14 teams at 101. And then, believe it or not, Maryland is worse. Um, no, I, Iowa, Iowa is worse. And then you have Arizona, who's Owen, whatever. New Mexico, who's terrible. Um who else is in there? Illinois, Vanderbilt, you know, the usual suspects down there. And then you go into conference-wise on on long plays this year. Indiana has 60 uh, – they're, they're last in the conference with 68 plays of 10-plus yards. They're last in the conference – or not last in the conference. They're 12th in the conference in plays over 20 yards of 21. They're last in the conference in plays over 30 yards, last in the conference 40, last 50, 10th and 60, tied for second to last. And, um, you know, they had that 70-yard pass to A.J. Barner and things like that. There are no, you know, there are no, like you said, there's no explosive plays. And that's what football is this year. You could say defense wins championships and all that stuff. 
It's just the dynamic has changed. You need explosive plays on offense to take the pressure off this defense, to move it downfield and things like that. And to go hand in hand with the offense not having explosive plays and having to go methodically downfield, you're, you have to get something out of special teams outside of Charles Campbell. And putting Ty Fry, I know DJ Matthews is hurt. I know Reese Taylor uh, is hurt. But having Ty Freifogel back there, fair catching punts, you, you need something out of the return game. And Jacoby Hewitt taking the ball out of the end zone on a line drive kick was ill-advised. That cost him about 13 yards or 12 yards of field position. Um, hurts. Freifogel fielding a punt inside the 10. I, I get that philosophy has changed a little bit but let it go the worst you know the worst thing that happens is it gets down at the five or you know inside the six but you know you could get the ball at the 20 and that's better than any non-dj matthews return this year it's indiana it's really hard to put it because they they can't play the style of football that they're trying to play and they're just they're not good enough they don't have the explosive players. They don't have the talent. You know, maybe an Ohio State could get away with it uh, in terms of, you know, we're just going to rely on our defense. And our offense is going to score enough points. Well, the offense isn't good enough. And so you need something else. And right now, special teams has given them nothing outside of a DJ, outside of the Idaho game and Charles Campbell all season. And you can't ride Charles. It, it's not 1987. You can't ride Charles Campbell to six wins. It's just not going to happen this day and age. You can't win games scoring 15 points a game. You're going to have to score touchdowns. Uh, and I know I said in the last podcast that IU, if they got down in the red zone early, kicking a field goal is not the worst thing in the world. And it wasn't. It, it, the field goals that they took, you have to take. Um, yeah. You can't pass up a field goal when your defense is dominating to take the lead. You just can't. Um, and, and you needed points on that first drive to give your confidence some sort of, you know, your offense some sort of confidence. And then at the end of the first half, you know, Campbell misses a, a bomb 55 yard or just wide left. Yeah, you got to take that one. It's, it's a lack of, uh, it's just a lack of anything in the red zone. They, they, they don't throw the ball in the red zone. Uh, you know, they moved the ball so well through the air on that first drive. They had Michigan State on on the ropes a little bit. Then they bring in Stephen Carr and the Wildcat, which, look, if Donovan McCulley was in, in on the next drive, why isn't he the Wildcat quarterback in the red zone? He could throw it. He can run it. He gives you so many more options. And look, Stephen Carr is a nice back, and he's running his rear end off. But he gives you a yeah. lot more options than Stephen Carr. You put Stephen Carr next to him, you could run an option. You could do a jump pass. You could roll him out and throw it. Uh, you could do a whole bunch of things uh, that, you know, instead of just lining Stephen Carr up in an in a empty, empty, uh, empty set, going, okay, he's probably going to run it up the middle or look or try and find a hole. Your offensive yeah. line is not winning battles, even if you have a num have the numbers. There and you that, go. Yeah. That's that speaks that that's the issue, and it's obvious. And I don't want to hear anybody say, "Well, it's not a coach; it's a coaching issue." Because 
this these are veteran guys on the offensive line. And we came into the preseason. We we knew that IU's offensive line struggled, but you'd figure with a full offseason, without COVID restrictions, a full spring, that they would mesh and gel and, and, and improve a little bit. And that's all they needed to do off of last year was improve, just improve. And they and they can't do that. And so it's either that and according to the recruiting experts, these guys are not untalented. Their ratings, yeah. you know, other power five schools wanted them. And yeah, they haven't had a four-star lineman and, and things like that. There's not very many four-star offensive linemen out there. Um, but it's it's either you're not recruit you're not evaluating the players you're recruiting correctly, or you're not developing them. And that's a coaching issue. And that falls on Darren Hiller, who is also the run game coordinator. Uh, to, to go along with, with Nick Sheridan, who's the offensive coordinator. He might be in over his head. I thought Allen on on Saturday, he was super frustrated. It was the quietest I've ever heard him talk after a post, after a game. And he was down, dejected. Uh, and I think he was just trying not to speak his mind because uh, you can't call out your coaches in a press conference. You just can't do that um, no. directly like that. And, you know, we, we talk about the wide receivers. Grant Hurd is also the co-offensive coordinator. I don't know if people knew that or, um, you know, loop him into that, but he's the co-offensive coordinator. So, and his, his group has probably outside of the quarterback has been the most disappointing. You have an all American who's not playing like an all American. He's not even playing. He's barely playing like a, a big 10 starter in Ty Freifogel. Miles Marshall was one-on-one -on -one all day and couldn't get open. It's you have, Three. I'll just I'll, I'll throw this in there on Freifogel. He leads the conference in drops. Yeah. So, I mean that's that's kind of your job as a receiver. So, I mean a little bit. I yeah. Mean, it, it, you know, sure. Maybe changing quarterbacks goes into that, and some of the drops they have been contested. But you go to that. I think it was a first down or second down play on the IU's final, I think it was their final drive, where it was a comeback route and Michigan yep. State's, whatever. If you want, they're not going to call pass interference every single time. IU had drawn three or four pass interferences uh, the whole day. They're not throwing a fifth one uh, or, a four, you know, they're not throwing the flag on that. Fry Vogel's got to come back, make a catch with his hands. And, and I asked Alan bluntly after, is this an effort thing? Is it that, you know, teams are focusing more on on the, the, the wide receivers at IU because last year these drops didn't happen. I mean, it, maybe towards the end of the year and in the bowl game, but yeah, Freifogel caught everything that came. That, that was the one thing you could count on was Ty Freifogel coming down with the 50-50 ball. And maybe it's just the law averages evening itself out, but it's not a good look for him because it, that that drop was almost an effort play. And, and that's not the first time he's failed to come back and go get a ball this year that he's dropped. That might have given Indiana more of a chance to win because that, I think that you, you get into a, a third and short or second and short and, and move the sticks, um, you, you have a shot. But the, the wide receiver – and you have – you have Jordan Williams, Malachi Hope Bennett, and some guys on the bench 
who if your guys are not producing, they say it on the basketball boards at Indiana, you've got to use the bench to your advantage. There's got to be some accountability on if you're not producing, I'm going to find somebody who is. And hopefully Tom Allen has had this conversation with his coaching staff is butts are on the line, figure it out. Because he, he yep. can't figure everything out. Yeah, he's the head coach and all that stuff, but he's a defensive-minded guy. There's a reason you hire coaches, you know, assistant coaches and, and coordinators, and it's to figure it out. You have to have, you know, sit those three down in a room and say, figure it out. And don't go home until you figure it out. Now, yep. it might not happen against Ohio State. That's the old uh, – is it the old uh, Buckshaw Walter saying – you know, you don't give the the old rah-rah speech of Nolan Ryan's pitching the next day. Um, yeah. But it, it's it might not happen against – you've got to figure it out the rest of the season because you've got four winnable games. And you could, the Michigan is debatable on how good Michigan is uh, and, and things like that. But you have to win four out of five after Ohio State. And, and it starts with the, the offense because at some point the defense is going to say, screw this. Yeah, it's yep. it, it has to happen because they played their tails off and, and with no rewards. At some point, you say this isn't worth it, and I'm shutting it down and, and going to the draft, or I I've I've emptied the tank. This is all I could give. You got to help us out somehow. So that's my take yeah. on the Michigan State game. Any final thoughts on Michigan State before we switch over to uh, to Ohio State? I think the offensive issues just can be boiled down to three things. Turn it over too much, total lack of explosion, and in the red zone against power five opponents, which that that's, you know, that's what matters for, for IU. It's Big Ten competition. I'm not even counting the Cincinnati game in this in this factor because Cincinnati's really good. Indiana played a good game, should have won that game, but let's just focus on power five opponents. Only seven trips in three games into the red zone, which is very bad, but seven trips, one touchdown. If you, if you have a touchdown rate like that for the remainder of the Big Ten season, they will not win any further Big Ten games. Now, the defenses you're going to be facing, that does lighten up. And you would hope that that plus some offensive adjustments or some change in personnel is able to, you know, move that touchdown rate up and give you a chance to win. Because if the defense continues to play this hard, which I completely agree with you, at some point you just, you mentally check out because you're right. I'm busting my tail, getting nothing out of it. I'm just going to give that 5% less. And that's, you know, that's the difference in the performance we're seeing now versus starting to give up 30-plus points a game. But if they can just improve some on offense, I use defense will give them a chance to beat some of these teams moving down the line. That's not going to be the case on Saturday against Ohio State. We'll pivot and talk about the Buckeyes for just a little bit. Um I mean, Indiana's averaging uh, just 4.54 yards per play. Just for reference sake here, Ohio State's at 8.55. Uh, 
So the personnel is a little different than what we saw in the past, uh, but Ohio State is still ridiculously good on offense, 48.5 points per game. C.J. Stroud at quarterback. Um, he's not the most accurate guy in the world, but he's not making a ton of mistakes. They're putting him in good positions. And I think the biggest thing for them, they've got amazing talent at wide receiver. Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, and Jackson Smith and Jigba, um, they're, they're really, really good. I mean, Garrett Wilson, uh, more of a big, big play threat that's rounding out his game some. Um, Chris Olave is, I think, first or second best receiver in the conference. Uh, right there with David Bell. And then Smith and Jigba uh, has kind of turned into a, a big play guy for them, um, averaging almost 20 yards a catch. Travion Henderson at tailback, uh, they've turned to him as kind of the bell cow. He's averaging 8.74 yards a carry. He has nine touchdowns on only 11.67 rushes per game. Uh, Ohio State is going to stretch Indiana's secondary um, in a way that we really haven't seen yet. They scheme, uh, their, their offensive scheme gets guys open, and then Stroud just kind of has to put the ball where it's supposed to go, which I know sounds like every quarterback's job, but with Ohio State's personnel uh, in their scheme, he really just has to distribute that thing, and guys are wide open a lot of the times. Uh, so it's going to really stretch Indiana's secondary. Uh, unfortunately for IU, or fortunately, whichever way you want to look at it, Ohio State's defense has been where they've had some struggles. Uh, that being said, they seem to have found themselves in the last few games before their, their off week, which they do get an off week. We'll see what they've done with it other than rest up a little bit. Uh, but the defense... There are some holes there for IU to potentially exploit. It's just hard to have any faith that this offense is going to be able to do it, uh, given what we've seen so far. Um, Ohio State's rushing defense has been subpar for them. And we know that IU's had success through the air against this secondary before. Um, I don't think that this defensive line has the top-end level talent that Ohio State typically has. There is no Joey Bosa uh, on this defense. You know, there's no Chase Young on this defense. They lack that top-end superstar game-changing guy. Still a ton of talent out there, but I think the defense is a, a notch below what they typically have. Yeah, um, it's definitely – it's a one-loss Ohio State team. They played – a lot better, and I, I think as an IU fan, you feel a little bit better about how this, how the Hoosiers are, uh, based on you know how Rutgers has performed in conference and how Maryland has performed in conference. Because the the big fear was that those two teams had jumped Indiana, and when Ohio State came, you know, to town uh, and played Rutgers and, and Maryland, they you know, basically smashed them. Uh, and it's, it looks like it's back to the 2019 version of the Big Ten. Um, 
where, you know, Ohio State's the king of the East right now uh, with, with Michigan and Michigan State challenging uh, and Penn State, if Clifford is back, challenging there. But I, I think you do feel a little bit better after the Ohio State game facing Maryland, Minnesota, uh, Rutgers, Michigan, and, and Purdue, even though Purdue beat Iowa. You know, I said it on the the, the pregame po- podcast for Iowa. I don't think their offense is very good. Their their defense is extremely good, um, great really, but they're so predicated on turnovers and they just didn't get any against Purdue and and Jeff Brom's an offensive wizard, and Iowa just couldn't figure out how to guard David Bell. But it, it's you feel a little bit better if you can get out of this game healthy. Uh, and go to Maryland. You forget about being two and five. You go to Maryland and start to turn your season around there uh, because you got some winnable games on the schedule. But, you know, to me, it's Tom Allen's answers on, on Tywin Mullen and Reese Taylor being healthy didn't inspire a lot of confidence in them being available on Saturday. Uh, would it be nice to have them? Yeah. But if they're 80%, I don't know if you risk throwing them out there. I don't know if it's worth it, you know, to maybe keep it close against Ohio State. Um, You know, know, I know Taiwan and and Reese would probably love to have the tape to go against uh, Chris Olave and and those guys. But you got the whole rest of the season. You got five five games left after this one, and and you got to stay healthy. Now, I think Indiana's defense does – give them a chance but how much of a chance I don't know this is the spreads 19 is it a chance to cover uh, or is it a chance to you know spring the upset you know we've seen Ohio State in, in some some of these games against lesser opponents kind of stumble and especially on the road but they've already had their hiccup this year and it seems like they they've fixed what they needed to fix uh before we get into uh, matchups to watch, TJ, and keys to the game, uh, let's get another word from our sponsor over at Symbol. Uh, we have a new sponsor that you guys are going to love. Symbol is a stock market for sports that allows you to profit off of your sports knowledge. On Symbol, you can trade sports teams like stocks, and every time your team wins, you earn cash. Uh, use your sports knowledge to, on Symbol to buy low, so Indiana, sell high, and earn cash payouts when your teams win. Um, teams win. Visit www.symbol.com to create a free account. When you deposit, make sure you use the promo code SD to make sure your deposit is risk-free. Uh, visit symbol.com and use promo code SD and your deposit will be risk-free. Also check us out on Spotify Greenroom. It is a free Live audio-only sports talk platform. You can download the Spotify Green Room app free in the iOS app store. Uh, you create a pro- profile and link to Twitter, and that's all uh, good over there. TJ, going back to the matchup to watch, what is your matchup to watch on Saturday uh, when Ohio State comes to town and kicks off at, at 7.30 in Bloomington? Well, the matchup that I will most enjoy watching is I use linebackers against Ohio State's offense because that's actually enjoyable to watch uh, those guys play. 
But I, I think the, the critical one for Indiana is going to be uh, I use, I'll say, skill position players uh, against Ohio State. Um, I, I'm looking for a receiver, a running back, somebody to step up and make an explosive play because it's going to be needed for Indiana to have a chance in this one. Um, a chance of you know even hanging around. I don't think that IU has the offense that's going to be able to sustain long drives against Ohio State. They're going to have to get some explosive plays, and that means somebody's going to have to step up and make something happen. Um, I don't know who that's going to be. We haven't really seen it yet this year, but uh, that's what I'll be looking for. Uh, and then I'll just piggyback on that. My key to the game, twofold creating turnovers because IU's going to need to do that. Uh, they're going to have to get some short fields, create some turnovers, score on defense, like Tom Allen said. Uh, but the second part of it is on the offense and those skill players, they just have to do better in the red zone. If they get red zone opportunities, they've got to convert them for touchdowns. It's as simple as that. Yeah, my matchup to watch is kind of uh, abstract going to be the coaching the offensive coaching staff against the hot seat um it's it's been written it's been said talked about it uh you know it's not the iu football media core is not you know the media same media core who, who covers the yankees or new york sports who's gonna blast in the headlines that these guys have to go but you know, the questions being asked in press conferences and the answers given and things like that, they know the pressure's on. So it, it was disappointing to come out of a, a, a bye week and have that type of performance on offense. So I'm watching, how, how did these coaches respond to another letdown week against a, an opponent that nobody is giving them a chance at to, to get something going and something right for the last five games of the season. So that's my matchup to watch. Uh, it's more of an off the field matchup to watch, but that's what I'm watching is how, how desperate does the game plan look from a coaching standpoint? Are we going to, you know, is IU going to try some trick plays? You know, you saw Michigan state with a, a tight end pass and a flea flicker. Is IU going to try any of this just to say, hey, our chips are in the middle of the table. This is what we could do uh, and, and things like that. Um, so we'll see. TJ, what are your uh, keys for an Indiana victory? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say create turnovers on defense. Um, while the defense has played really, really well for the most part, uh, not a ton of takeaways. So create turnovers. Um, get those takeaways, hopefully give the offense a chance to capitalize on short fields. And then for the offense, it, you know, red zone efficiency, and that means scoring touchdowns when you get the chance to. Um, it, it's, I agree with you. It's going to come down to that offensive coaching staff, figuring out some ways to, to create opportunities for your players to, to perform. Um, I I don't feel like they have done a, a good enough job of putting those guys in position to be successful. Um, and it's been incredibly frustrating to watch. I'm sure it is 
very, uh, very much more frustrating for the players and the coaches that are trying to figure this out. But you're right, at the end of the day, you've got to get in a room and figure it out or somebody else is going to get that chance to do it next season. Yeah, um, my matchup to watch TJ or the my key to victory is Indiana's going to have to score on defense and or special teams. Uh, it's the offense hasn't proven that they they're able to put up points against any type of defense in the Big Ten. Um, so the defense, like you said, is going to have to create takeaways. And, and they did last year against Ohio State. And we'll see if they could do it again. But I think special teams has to set the offense up for success as well. Um, starting drives every time at the 25 uh, is not really going to work. You're going to have to win the field position battle and, and the starting field position battle. Uh, and that comes with winning the takeaway battle uh, and winning on special teams. And, and get, just, I know the offense has struggled, but you got to give them a boost by, by setting them up with, with good field position on, on special teams as well. So that that's my key for an Indiana win. Uh, do I think it's likely? We'll get into that in predictions. TJ, what is your prediction for Saturday? Well, I'm going to go with Ohio State to win this one. Um, I, I just don't think Indiana has near enough firepower to hang with the Buckeyes. Uh, I will go with Ohio State 38, Indiana uh, 16, which is a touchdown and three field goals. Oh, not two touchdowns and two extra points? No, no, I saw the two-point play. I don't think we're converting any of those. <laughs> Yeah, that, that wasn't great. Um, all right, my prediction I, I, along your lines, I, I don't I don't know if IU will cover. Um, I know Nate's not probably not going to be at the game, so that gives IU a, a sliver of hope. Um, What's that well, like? A 14 point, that's like a fourteen point swing, right there. Yeah, yeah, that's the the anti home field advantage, and uh, Nate knows we're kidding. He's one of our writers. Uh, and each game he's come to, IU has lost, um, and not just in football, in soccer and in volleyball as well. Uh, so, but uh, I, Ohio State's just too good. Uh, it, I thought Indiana would have a chance this year to maybe give them a, a good game preseason, but that that had to be on with, with a, a great offense uh, and an offense that's showing like last year. I, I just don't – I have to see it to believe it to be true again. Uh, so I, I'm going to go Ohio State 42, Indiana 13. Uh, they might score a touchdown in garbage time. I, I just – I don't think the Indi uh, the Ohio State defense is that great, but Indiana's offense is terrible right now. And it's going to be a, a, a tough game to watch. You just hope they get out of there healthy. Uh, so I'm going to take Ohio State 42, Indiana 13 as the Buckeyes. Their door has reopened to the college football playoff and out of the Big Ten with Iowa losing to Purdue. And they control their own destiny with Michigan State and Michigan uh, coming up later in the schedule for them. So it's a lot on the table for the Buckeyes as well. Uh, TJ, that does it for our podcast tonight. Thanks for joining us. Um, any final thoughts on the game on Saturday? No, no. I, I'm 
I always enjoy watching IU play. It's better, you know, than whatever else I'd be doing at the time. Um, obviously, we hope everybody keeps supporting the Hoosiers. These guys work really hard at it. And, um, you know, I, we obviously enjoy having people follow the site. So hopefully you stay plugged in. There's still a lot for IU to play for this season. Uh, it probably won't be a whole lot of fun on Saturday, but after that, it gets really interesting. Um, and, you know, I, I hope the Hoosiers are able to use this Ohio State game as a chance to figure some things out moving to the, uh, you know, the, the closing stretch of the season, which still does feature the opportunity to get themselves to a bowl game, albeit with basically no margin for error now. So uh, hopefully everybody stays with us. I, I know it's not fun to, to follow a team that's not winning, but we've been here before. We'll get through it. Yeah, it's uh, we have covered worse teams than this. Um, worst versions of Indiana football, but it's it's uh, it's tough. Uh, anyway, Indiana kicks off against Ohio State at Memorial Stadium. The game is sold out. Uh, Indiana's opening gates two hours early to fans, uh, so that would be five thirty. The game will be televised on ABC. You can catch the radio broadcast on the Indiana Radio Network uh, with Don Fisher, Buck Soar, and yours truly doing statistics uh, for them. Uh, plus, they throw a couple jokes in me uh, at me at my expense. Uh, so it's always a good time on the radio. Anyway, uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Hoosier underscore huddle and follow us on the website at Hoosier www.hoosierhuddle.com. Uh, thanks for joining us on this Monday. A little football therapy is a good thing. We'll be back next week uh, to wrap up the Ohio State game and preview. Indiana's trip to Maryland. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events... You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. 
JJ has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives, there's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard, BMW, the ultimate driving machine. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset, hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. 